Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Tensions in the state Senate are still running high over the Hector LaSalle nomination. And now one state senator is filing suit to force a vote on Governor Kathy Hochul's pick for chief judge. Then, over in the state assembly, a recent rules change would curtail the ability of the assembly minority to force consideration of certain pieces of legislation. Pulling out of the inner workings of Albany, we'll look at some of the real impacts of public policy, particularly the problem with pot. And next, we'll peek at two stories out of New York City. What involves Mayor Eric Adams and the impact an influx of immigrants is having on his city. The second highlights a New York City council member's effort to direct some public dollars toward a pro-life pregnancy center. Let's get started. As this program has previously noted, the New York State Senate Judiciary Committee voted on January 18th of this year to reject Justice Hector LaSalle, Governor Kathy Hochul's nominee, to the post of Chief Judge of the New York Court of Appeals. Following the committee's vote, Governor Hochul called on state Senate leadership to hold a full Senate vote on the LaSalle nomination. Furthermore, the governor contended that the New York State Constitution required action by the full Senate on Court of Appeals nominees. However, Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, a Yonkers Democrat, argued that Senate rules require committee approval before bills or nominations are voted on by the entire Senate. While Leader Stuart Cousins' position is reasonable, Senate leadership's manipulation of its own processes to reach its desired outcome makes that position appear hypocritical. On February 9, 2023, Senator Anthony Palumbo, a new Suffolk Republican, sued the New York State Senate, Leader Stuart Cousins, and the Democratic members of the Senate Judiciary Committee. The lawsuit seeks a declaration that Article 6 of the New York State Constitution and Judiciary Law Section 8 each require a full Senate vote on the Court of Appeals nominations. The outcome of the Palumbo lawsuit is difficult to predict. On the one hand, New York courts may wish to avoid intruding into the rules and procedures of the legislative branch. Accordingly, the courts might rule against Senator Palumbo or simply dismiss the case on procedural grounds. On the other hand, the courts may wish to decide the case because it affects the judicial branch and because it involves a question of constitutional interpretation. And even if Senator Palumbo is successful in forcing a vote on Hector LaSalle, the question remains whether or not the votes are there in the Senate to pass it on the floor. Whichever way the case turns out, it seems likely that New Yorkers will have to wait a while for a new chief judge of the Court of Appeals to be installed. Now crossing the hole in the state capitol and heading over to the Assembly, on February 6th of 2023, the New York State Assembly's Democratic majority made a rules change that dramatically limited rank-and-file members' authority to force Assembly committees to debate and vote on legislation. This change is primarily designed to silence Assembly Republicans and to enable Assembly Democrats to avoid votes on Republican-sponsored bills. The rules change relates to motions to discharge, also known as 99s. Motions to discharge allow individual legislators, typically members of the minority party, to place bills on the agendas of assembly committees without permission from committee chairs. According to the New York Post, assembly Republicans have used motions to discharge to force Democrats to state on the record their opposition to making more gun crimes bail eligible, preventing parole for child murderers, 
and making shooting at a public safety officer a Class B felony. They've also used them to push for more tuition assistance for Gold Star families. Under the amended rules regarding motions to discharge, each assembly member will only be allowed to force committee votes on four bills per year. This is all designed to reduce the number of Republican bills that they even have to look at and reduce the number of bills they have to explain why they're not voting in favor of. Assemblyman Andy Goodell, a Jamestown Republican, explained. Assembly Democrats hold a veto-proof majority of 102 to 48, and they already control which bills reach the assembly floor. It hardly seems that allowing Republicans to bring up bills for committee votes is a real threat to the power of Assembly Speaker Carl Hasty, the Bronx Democrat. Nevertheless, this entirely unnecessary rules change, among others, passed the Assembly by a party-line vote of 101 to 47 with two members absent. This is why we can't have nice things, New York. This is why we can't have nice things. And turning to the problem of public policy and legal pot. According to a recent article in Politico, new information on the negative effects of marijuana use has led some researchers and policymakers to urge caution in moving toward full legalization of the drug. Politico notes, that legalization of recreational marijuana is correlated with an increase in cases of children being poisoned due to eating edible forms of the drug. There are indications that smoked marijuana may cause asthma. For children, research reportedly shows that marijuana exposure affects later cognitive ability, including memory attention, motivation, and learning. In response to new data, two members of Congress that support marijuana legalization are now interested in measures mandating childproof containers, advertising restrictions, and new dosing standards. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms oppose the legalization of recreational marijuana in New York and continues to believe that legalization is bad policy. Therefore, we are heartened that some policymakers are taking a cautious approach to the drug. However, 21 states, including New York, have already legalized recreational marijuana. Furthermore, information about the dangers of marijuana has been available for years. In our memo of opposition to the recreational marijuana bill, we noted that the hazards of marijuana use include the following. Impaired perception, judgment, short-term memory and motor skills, difficulty concentrating, impaired driving, dreamlike states, communication problems, slower reaction time, bronchitis, respiratory difficulties, lung damage, panic attacks, paranoid delusions, and hallucinations, and increased risk of cancer. Given all of these potential pitfalls, why would any state want to legalize marijuana in the first place? And again, we're not talking about somebody growing a plant in their backyard. We're talking about somebody that is now making this an industry. Big pot is the commercialization of marijuana which is targeting our children. Next up. During the fiscal year ending September 30th, 2022, officials encountered migrants who had unlawfully crossed the southern border into the United States on more than 2.76 million occasions. This staggering and record-setting influx of migrants has created a crisis situation in border states. Over the past several months, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has sent many migrants to New York City by bus. According to the New York Post, an estimated 43,900 undocumented immigrants 
have arrived in New York City from Texas and other places since last spring. Governor Abbott's actions have met with a firestorm of opposition from voices on the political left, who have accused the governor of using needy migrants as political props. Last October, New York City Mayor Eric Adams described Governor Abbott's actions as inhumane and un-American. On February 5, 2023, the New York Post reported that the Adams administration had provided migrants with taxpayer-funded bus tickets, enabling them to travel to the Canadian border. The mayor has denied that his administration's actions are similar to the actions taken by the Abbott administration in Texas. Mayor Adams is right in one respect. By transporting migrants to New York City, Governor Abbott did not encourage or facilitate the violation of another nation's immigration laws. Unfortunately, by sending undocumented immigrants to the Canadian border, that is exactly what Mayor Adams has done. At New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, we acknowledge that Christians and other well-intentioned persons may hold differing views on U.S. immigration policy. The crisis at our southern border is a multifaceted problem, and there are no easy answers. The latest news makes it clear that even America's largest city is burdened and strained by the influx of migrants. It is hoped that this news from New York City will lead members of both parties to find immigration solutions that balance mercy and compassion with respect for the rule of law, for national security, and for private property. And in our final news story of the day, over the past several years, the abortion situation in New York has gone from bad to worse. Governor Andrew Cuomo signed the abortion expansion law known as the Reproductive Health Act into law in 2019. Since taking office, Governor Kathy Hochul has worked with the legislature to make New York a magnet for abortion-minded women from other states. Sadly, before this year's legislative session comes to a close, the legislature may add to the number of horrendous abortion laws that are already on the books. Given this grievous state of affairs, it is refreshing to note that not all of New York City's policymakers are abortion industry pawns. Recently, New York City Councilmember Vicky Palladino, a Queens Republican, made news by awarding $10,000 in city funds to Bridge for Life, a pro-life pregnancy center. Councilmember Palladino's action was criticized by DocumentedNY.com which published a heavily one-sided article that repeated tired pro-abortion tropes about pro-life pregnancy centers. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms thanks Councilmember Palladino for directing city funds to a pro-life pregnancy center. The Councilmember's action shows a high level of political courage. Given the obscene amounts of New York State funds that have found their way into the coffers of the abortion industry, it is good to see that some public funds are being used to promote life. And finally today, I thought I would take a few moments and encourage you to consider using our Legislative Action Center at albanyupdate.com. Our Legislative Action Center makes it incredibly easy and quick for you to send a message to the legislature about issues of importance. One of the issues that we are highlighting on our Legislative Action Center is our opposition to assisted suicide. I will acknowledge we are probably in for the toughest fight yet on whether or not assisted suicide will become the law in New York State. And if you'll take a look at that Action Center, it will allow you the opportunity to very easily interact with members of the legislature. 
So just go to albanyupdate.com and click on the button that says Legislative Action Center. There you'll click on an action item that you'd like to get involved with. If you choose the issue of assisted suicide or any one of the others, you simply fill in your name and your address. Once that information is entered, the system will automatically connect your message with your elected officials. This is specific to your place of residence. So if the message is going statewide to the governor or the president, so be it. But if it's going to your state senator or your member of assembly, well, in those cases, it will route directly to your specific legislators. Other times, people are concerned that they don't know what to say in these emails, or they don't know how to get involved. Well, we provide all that information in the talking points. Bill numbers are in there, and there's information regarding specific points as to why we're supporting or opposing a particular piece of legislation. We've made it incredibly easy to contact your legislators through this Legislative Action Center. So let me encourage you to visit albanyupdate.com and then just click on the Legislative Action Center. There you can quickly and easily get involved and make a difference on pieces of legislation that are coming before your legislators at the state capitol or with your elected officials in Washington, D.C. You know, we really can make a difference. And it's not that one email is going to turn the tide in this issue, but it is all of the emails together that can make a difference. So thank you for standing with New Yorkers for constitutional freedoms and for seeking to make a difference in our state. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate. Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.